Welcome to the RICO 12 Shares Podcast. This is an open to all addictions and afflictions sharing meeting. If you would like to record a share or a recovery prayer for RICO 12 Shares, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash shares and follow the links there or click on the link in the show notes. RICO 12 Shares is not a dumping ground for problems, nor is it a place for storytelling. RICO 12 Shares is not a place for crosstalk or contacting others. RICO 12 Shares is not a place to promote or proselytize any products, services, or specific religions. RICO 12 Shares is a place to share and hear the solution, your experience, strength, and hope. RICO 12 Shares is a short shares-only meeting closed out with a recovery prayer that is recorded by any one of our participants or audience members. The RICO 12 family of recovery services is supported by participants and listeners. To become a supporter, what we call a RICO 12 spearhead, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash support or click on the link in the show notes. It is now time to share. RICO 12 shares. My name is Julian. I'm a grateful recovering sex addict. Um, just wanted to share some thoughts that I had this morning about, um, about the impact of giving my all to this work, the work of recovery, the work of passing the solution, the message that has blessed my life to others. Um, just been a lot thinking a lot about in my life recently about how I can better do that with my time. And, um, I, I read this passage in the big book. Uh, this is page 19. All of us spend much of our spare time in the effort of, in the sort of effort, which we are going to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can give nearly all their time to the work. This is what I wanted was to give all my time to the work. Um, with my job, it's kind of hard, but, um, as I keep going, um, this is what really hit me. How then shall we present that which has been so freely given us? Most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers uh, depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. So even though I may not be in a situation that I can just give my all, uh, sort of speak to just attending meetings or helping sponsees in recovery every moment of every day of my life, I still have the opportunity to, throughout the day, be able to uh, be tolerant of others and respect their opinions and attitudes and and just be and, and, and living that way makes me more useful to others. It doesn't matter if they're an addict or not. I can live this way. This then this is the so this is this is the way that keeps me from going back to where I was. I need to totally give myself to God, to others. I need to, as Bill Wilson said, I need to have a destruction of self centeredness. I need to totally just give myself to others and to my higher power. And uh for that I am grateful for this morning and those meditations and the insight that God has given me to see that I don't have to live, um, I don't have to have a life of openness and freedom to give. I can, 
I can live that way now um, with the circumstances I have. And with that, I will pass. Rico 12 shares. This is Amanda B. and I am an addict. I want to share today on step 10 and some revelations I've had about it. Uh, when I first came into program through Alcoholics Anonymous, the big book way of doing step work, my sponsor asked if I was willing to do a step 10 inventory every night. And I said, yes. And I truly believed that. I thought, okay, I said, yes, I'm going to do this. And then proceeded to never do a step 10. I would do it in my head. I would think about it some days, but most most days I didn't do it. And you know what? I can admit that now because I'm getting radically honest with myself and how I show up in the program. It took me a really long time to actually start doing a step 10. Even though I had learned it, I just couldn't commit to doing it. It's because I didn't want to be honest with myself. And that is a huge problem I have in my life is my honesty. And, you know, we say honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness are are indispensable in the program. And so my honesty was tested. I met someone who really just radically pushed me to be honest. And I got honest. I was like, I'm not doing a, a step 10. And so I started doing a step 10 and it started out as, you know, with, with one person and it has worked to another, which is how it works sometimes. And it's changed my entire life doing a step 10 every day. It's like a a marriage commitment to doing recovery. I'm committed to this way of life. The people that are getting the results that I want do a nightly step 10, they meditate and they sponsor I was just sponsoring. I wasn't meditating. I am now, but I wasn't. I wasn't really doing 10 and 11. And I heard some somebody somewhere one day said, 10 and 11 are the pipeline to the power. And I just wasn't tapping into the power. My connection with God was still lacking. And so when this person was like, why aren't you doing your step 10? And I was like, I don't know. But I started doing it and it's changed everything. Every night now I sit down and I either journal it and send a photo of the journal or I will voice note it to a friend, but really writing it on paper or writing it as in a note in my phone and sending it with my step 10 partner has changed everything. It's really allowing me to be honest um, about like what is happening each day. It's so easy to say like I was happy and everything was great today, but really if I get down to the honesty portion of my life is like, what am I being honest with myself in this step 10 and it's so easy to lie to myself that is like one of my character defects so am I being honest in the step 10 like who's good like why am I why, why is there fear around this there needs to be no fear right like I need to have full faith that like being honest in my step 10 is going to allow me to dig deeper in anything else that comes up and step 10 really allows me to sometimes go back to step four and I highly recommend this to friends in the program is that if you if there's something bigger in step 10 like go back to four and do a deeper inventory and i love that we have the tools to really get like honest with ourselves and to do like this work that really um allows us to show up for others like if i can't show up for myself in this honest way in step 10 then how can i show up for anyone else in the world my my friends fellows in all my affairs i have to be honest and that, it starts with me and starts with my nightly review and with that i'll pass Rico 12 shares. Hey, I'm Justin. I am an addict. I'm also a son of an all-powerful, all-loving God. 
and I am happy to share. Uh, this morning I had a massive insight as I was attending a recovery meeting, and we were in the big book reading from page 66, a paragraph that begins with, it is plain that a life which includes deep resentment and ends with, and with us to drink is to die. Um, and I just had this uh, memory, well, I guess a memory from a long time ago, just yesterday, uh, hit me. Yesterday I practiced a lot of avoidance. That's one of my character defects is I avoid things very often. I try and find something that's more, I don't know, mind numbing or more enjoyable than doing a project that may not be urgent. Well, because I procrastinate until it becomes urgent. But anyways, yesterday I, I avoided things for probably about two hours using some, you know, mind numbing YouTube videos as my escape rather than getting to work on a project. And I felt, you know, some guilt, some shame, I guess, about that. And went through the process of, you know, a step and working through it with, with others. But this morning, as I was reading in this paragraph, I came to this sentence. Um, and this is talking about resentment. And the sentence reads, to the precise extent that we per permit these resentments, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? And, you know, as I, as I look at avoidance in my life and I practice avoidance, I don't typically think, oh, this is a fruit of resentment. But as I read that, I thought, holy cow. Uh, yeah, it's my avoidance is absolutely a fruit of resentment. I resent that I have to do this project that, or that I've made, been made known about this project a long time before it's actually due. And I resent that somebody else can't just do it and that I should probably be doing it. And so I avoid it. I, I say, well, <laughs> I may as well just, uh, you know, do something different. That's more enjoyable at this time. If there's not something urgent and pressing, but as, uh, as I read that, um, I permit these resentments to crop up. You know, if I just did those projects, uh, when I had the time to do them, then I would have time to, you know, do other things that are less squandering as this next part of the sentence reads, you know, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? Then those hours of doing those quote unquote enjoyable things wouldn't be squandered time. It would be doing something that's worthwhile, or I would get involved in a project that is more worthwhile. And these principles of recovery, these, these insights that I gained from the big book and other recovery materials just are so helpful to me in my own life as I, uh, as I trudge this happy road <laughs> of destiny. Anyways. Um, yeah, I think that's all I want to share today. I'm Justin and I will pass. Rico 12 shares. Good morning. My name is Roz R and I'm in recovery from compulsive overeating, debting, codependency, and many others. What I want to share this morning is the miracle that I've experienced in recovery. By letting go and letting God, I have, no, God has <laughs> transformed a woman who I would say most of my life has been controlling, manipulative, demanding, expecting, not wanting to take responsibility. And yeah, I've had a good life in many ways, but I really did not experience what I am experiencing now until I had a major move from Florida to Georgia near one of my daughters. 
And the negativity that I shared on a regular basis about leaving and all that I left behind, I couldn't get out of my thinking. I didn't even realize that my thinking was a disease also. So what has happened is I have gotten a sponsor in Spiritual Gangsters. I've gone through the steps, or I am going through the steps. I have listened. I have gotten the appropriate uh, professional help on the outside. And I have seen a major change in my life. Now, waking up each day in gratitude. From going from a woman who thought, how can you remake a life after 20 years living in another state? to a life beyond my wildest dreams, like every day, every day that I have taken action, God puts into my life things that I wouldn't even dream about. And I'm making new friends, new groups, a new way of life. I had in my head the way I thought my life should be. I knew it all and I wasn't happy. Now I realize the difference between having physical abstinence and having complete abstinence, not only physically, emotionally, spiritually, and trusting God. I almost ruined a relationship with my daughter because of all the negativity and the unwillingness and and the way I behaved and the expectations I had of everything around me. She actually wrote me a letter to tell me I should go back to Florida and that um, I have really caused a lot of pain in her personal life with my negativity. So what is going on now for me is a healed relationship. And how did that happen? How did that happen? I began just focusing on my recovery. I began giving service to other people. How can I be helpful? I had to just live a different life and watch her experience me making changes in my own life, where she has gone for the last several months of not wanting to even see or talk to me, to just last night, inviting me over. Um, Little by little, it's been healing. But you know, it is healing. It is healing, not because of anything I did. Well, it's because of the willingness God's given me to change my thinking to his thinking, to do the actions that God wants me to do. And I've been doing that. And what has happened is people coming into my life, opportunities coming into my life, jobs coming into my life, all within the last three months. Like people in this room have seen me when I first started coming to Spiritual Gangsters. And I'm not the same person I was then. I have been gifted with the gift of God, the gift of loving, the gift of knowing I am not it, God is. And so with that, I will say amen and amen to God. Rico 12 shares. Hi, my name is Gregory and I am an addict. Um, You know, one, one of the things that's been the hardest thing for me that I wanted to share is to really find out what is my first drink and what to do about it. Uh, my addiction is revolves around lust and pornography, and um, it's it's been hard. Like I've had to really think, you know, what what is the first drink? Is it pornography or is it something else? And I came to understand that it was lust. And the problem I have mostly is that my addiction, my my first drink, 
can be like thrown in my face. Like I can be walking around, you know, everything's going well. And then boom, an ad shows up uh, on the billboard or in the subway, or I can be on a website and, you know, something lustful comes up and I get hit. Uh, and it, it was really important for me to understand what uh, my my first drink was and that it was lust. It was actually taking that lust and entertaining it, making it part of me, actually using it, uh, dwelling on it, um, you, like making it more than it was. And so I, I find that in, in my addiction, I know I, I use the big book a lot and it talks about the first drink. And and I think for non, you know, physical substance people uh, like myself, it's really important that we figure this out. And the other thing that I've had to do is to decide what happens when I'm hit. You know, like, like what happens... Um, when as a, a lust addict, I, I see something interesting that hits that lust uh, thing. What do I do? Right? Or I can be, you know, overeaters and, and I smell something or I see someone eating something that is um, what I don't want to eat or, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, what do I do when it just hits me? And so I've developed, what's helped me is to develop a routine, something that I can do, something that I can do that helps me to move forward and to not let the hit, in my case, the lust hit, um, go further and just to be able to surrender it and to give it away. And so I've developed a four-step routine I want to share with you. Um, it's really helped me in my life. The first one is because my addiction is so visual, uh, I close my eyes or I open my eyes. So if my eyes were closed because I'm like just uh, going to sleep, I open them for just one second. And if my eyes are open and I'm just walking or something and I see something, I close them for one second. And this has been important for me because it's something physical and it helps me to just cut the 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 visualness of my addiction just for a few seconds. It's not going to save me beyond that, but just for a few seconds, it really helps me. The second thing that I do is I, I express my choice. Uh, I call it, I express my agency. I express my choice. And I say something like, I choose no. Um, and, and it's been amazing uh, how the impact of temptation, the impact of lust, the impact of a lot of things just go away the minute that I start expressing my agency. Um, and that's been a really good thing for me. And the third thing that I do is I do a quick prayer to God. It's a prayer of uh, come and help me out now. I need your help. So it could be something like, Father, I'm hit. I don't know what to do. I don't. I can't handle this right now. Please, please come to my aid. I need your help now. Uh, and it's, it's in my head. I don't do it out loud. Um, I just do it quickly. It's a, like a 30-second prayer. And then the fourth step for me is just to wait and look and to feel, is it gone? And if it's not gone, I start over again with number one, my eyes and my agency. And I've had sometimes to repeat this uh, multiple times, uh, three, four times. Uh, and I've, I've learned also that if I have to repeat it a couple times, two, three times, four times, it means I need to call someone. I need to call my sponsor. I need to call someone and share it um, and, and let go. And, and this has helped me to stay 
um, to stay away from from that first drink, especially when it's thrown in my face and I have to deal with the the aftertaste. And uh, so this has been super helpful for me and uh, and helpful. Not it's not the end of the solution. It's not even the solution, but it just gets me past these difficult moments. It is now time to close the Rico 12 Shares meeting. If you wish to share some of your recent experience, strength, and hope, or have insights that you've gained from other speakers or other meetings, please follow the links in the show notes to our website and submit a recorded share there. You can also become a Rico 12 spearhead and financially support these projects by clicking on the support link in the show notes. Thanks. We will now launch off into the rest of our day with a prayer. Hi, this is Will C. Immigrant for Recovering Sexaholic. My favorite um, prayer is my favorite recovery prayer is the third step prayer. It says, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me, to do without with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Keep coming back. It works when you work it. So work it. You are worth it.